Buenas noches. Bienvenidos a Gateway City Arts, un espacio de eventos en Holyoke en el creciente distrito de arte e innovación en Holyoke, Massachusetts. Visite gatewaycityarts.com para ver qué es lo que viene. Hay algo para todos en Gateway City Arts. Esta es la Semana de Innovación de Holyoke, un evento que celebra a las personas y lugares que son de suma importancia para la innovación en Holyoke. Esta noche recibimos en Gateway City Arts a la alcaldesa de San Juan, Puerto Rico, Carmen Yulín Cruz. Este evento es posible gracias a los esfuerzos de nuestra anfitriona de esta noche, la concejal del Barrio 4 en la ciudad de Holyoke, Josie Valentín. Este evento es transmitido en directo a través de Holyoke Media y Radio Plasma, nuestros medios locales de comunicación en la ciudad de Holyoke, Massachusetts. Good evening. Welcome to Gateway City Arts, a venue in Holyoke's Growing Arts and Innovation District. Visit gatewaycityarts.com to see what is coming up. There is something for everyone at Gateway City Arts. This is the Holyoke Innovation Week, a celebration of people and places that are critical to innovation in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. And tonight, we welcome Carmen Yulín Cruz, Mayor of San Juan, Puerto Rico. This event is possible thanks to the effort of our host tonight, City Councilwoman for War 4, Josie Valentin. This event is being broadcasted by Holyoke Media and Radio Plasma, our local media outlets in Holyoke. Hola and welcome to Gateway City Arts. My name is Lori, I'm one of the owners here and we are absolutely thrilled to be doing this tonight. And I would like to thank the Holyoke Police for coming, a couple of uh, officers tonight. And I would also like to thank them for their service all year long to help us. And now I would like to present Marcos Marrero. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to an evening conversation in Holyoke with San Juan Mayor Carmen Julín Cruz. Yeah. I'm Marcos Marrero, your host for the evening. Uh, some of you may know me from my day job, uh, introducing Holyoke Mayor Alex Morse at Ribbon Cuttings as the city's director of planning and economic development. This is an exciting day in Holyoke as we're in the midst of Innovation Week, the fifth anniversary celebration of the Holyoke Innovation District providing opportunities for the community to see, experience, and connect with the people and places that are critical to the positive change in Center City Holyoke and featuring community events and workshops that highlight downtown Holyoke's assets uh, as a place for the collision of people and new ideas. There's no better person to welcome to the city as this, uh, at this time to talk about new ideas than San Juan Mayor Carmen Julin Cruz, or as she prefers to be called, Julin. Holyoke, Massachusetts and San Juan, Puerto Rico uh, share a lot of connections despite obviously our significant differences. Like Puerto Rico in recent years, Holyoke has seen significant disinvestment uh, in decades prior and has 
face the prospect of reinventing itself despite ongoing challenges. Our city is home to the highest per capita um, concentration of Puerto Ricans anywhere outside of the island. As such, yeah. Right? <laughs> I did my part. Um, as such, Holyoke has been a participant in matters of great interest to the Puerto Rican community on the island as well as the diaspora, such as uh, for the freedom of Oscar Lopez Rivera and most recently the efforts uh, of recovery from last year's hurricanes. On September 20th, 2017, Hurricane Maria completely devastated Puerto Rico, as most of you know. Early recovery efforts have been widely characterized as insufficient as best. As the island continues to struggle with the aftermaths of the storm's destruction today, almost seven months later, Mayor Cruz became a strong advocate for getting much needed help and dignified care for the people of Puerto Rico, particularly in the face of seeming neglect from the highest echelons of federal bureaucracy, including the president himself. As a result of the relentless efforts, of her relentless efforts, numerous non-governmental organizations and private companies supported the recovery efforts of San Juan and the rest of the island. Most people recognize her now iconic phrase, this is not about politics, this is about saving lives, which she continues to repeat incessantly. Yeah, good up. In an apparent homage to her, every morning when my wife goes out to see her patients and, you know, save lives, my one-and-a-half-year-old son actually says, como Yulin, which is great. <laughs> I can't imagine where he got that. Yulin's uh, phrase, we need to get our shit together, though, um, from around the same time as us popularly known in my house, but I'm sure it will get more use as he grows older. Um, of course, before many international recognitions have been conferred upon her, most recently making times lists of the 100 most influential people in the world. She has been long known in Puerto Rico and the diaspora. In 2008, she was elected representative at large for the Puerto Rico House of Representatives as the highest vote-getter. And in 2012, she defeated a, defeated a very strong uh, three-term incumbent to become mayor of Puerto Rico's capital city. By relying on a coalition of students, unions, feminists, immigrants, and LGBTQ voters. In November of 2016, she was reelected by an even wider margin. Julien has a vision for public service as governing not for the people, but with the people. A true believer in alliances and working partnerships. She sees coalitions and collaborations as the key to finding common ground to successfully achieving better and greater objectives for the common good. She's an active advocate for the Puerto Rican people and, uh, and for equality in all forms, fighting for the LGBTQ community, the deaf community, and children with functional diversity, as well as those who have struggled with gender-based violence. She's also a champion for the rights of immigrants. She believes a better society is built by having strong student organizations, labor unions, and by implementing programs wherein the people in each community decide how to best develop sustainable plans for themselves. Julien atten attended the University of Puerto Rico High School, better known as UHS. Uh, I went there too a few years later. And she holds a master's degree in uh, political science from Boston University. <laughs> you know, it's, sorry. <laughs> 
uh, from, from Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as well as a BA in political science from BU a few miles east from here. She will be joined on stage by Ward 4 City Councilor and my favorite person to share a neighboring wall with, along with Miriam, uh, uh, Councilor Josie Valentin. Josie has been a city councilor since 2014, continuously winning by margins that are proper of unopposed dictators. <laughs> and indeed, in the last election, she ran unopposed. Uh, in 2016, she was elected to be uh, congressional district delegate for Bernie Sanders at the Democratic National Convention. Josie has been a strong advocate for the city, her ward, the Latino community, as well as the LGBTQ community for many years. Since 2006, she has worked at the Holyoke Community College as a bilingual senior academic counselor, having also been program director at Arbor House, a substance abuse residential treatment program in Holyoke, and a program director for the Psychiatric Evaluation and Stabilization Unit at the Hamden County Correctional Center in Lolo. Originally from Puerto Rico, she received her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Puerto Rico, better known as La Yupi. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also went there a few years after her. <laughs> and she has a master's degree in forensic psychology from American International College in Springfield, Massachusetts. How we've been so lucky to host this talk tonight actually dates to Mayor Cruz's first inaugural in 2013 and a motley crew vacationing in San Juan at the time. In January of 2013, uh, while Mayor Cruz uh, was about to celebrate her inaugural, um, I was actually planning my first vacation uh, to, to San Juan for the first time since taking uh, my position in Holyoke. Uh, at that time, a somewhat tired Mayor Morse was also in need of vacation, um, right after some stuff with Casino had unfolded here in Holyoke. Uh, and he was a late addition to the trip. Um, also, Rob Deza in the audience, or somewhere around here taking pictures, uh, went, went down as well. Coincidentally, Josie was also in Puerto Rico, as she often travels. Uh, at some point, the idea was born to get both mayors together, which is a nice way of saying, Alex, you're going to crash the inaugural. Uh, now, and if you know Josie, she is not shy, uh, and you also know that she will get into an event and meet someone famous and take a selfie, if it is her will. Uh, so through mutual contract, uh, contacts of the mayor, of both mayors uh, and Josie, the arrangement was possible, uh, and after a quick shopping spree at Plaza Las Americas Mall to get uh, the mayor uh, some appropriate attire, uh, the moment happened, and so did the selfie. You can, you can find it on Facebook. Uh, encounters would happen again between Josie and Julien in Washington, D.C. in late 2016 during an event to support the release of political prisoner Oscar Lopez Rivera, and later in the fall of 2017 after Hurricane Maria, when Josie and her wife Miriam went down to the island to help in recovery efforts. One of Josie's missions was to personally deliver an invitation uh, from Mount Holyoke College to the Honorable Carmen Julien Cruz to speak at the college and in the city of Holyoke, which Josie successfully delivered and Julien accepted on the spot. For that, please join me in thanking Mount Holyoke College, which made this entire trip of the mayor to this region possible. Which leads us to tonight. Josie will be conversing with Julien on stage about leadership, life, Puerto Rico, recent events, and the future. 
Meanwhile, if you have questions, as Miriam announced earlier, uh, you're invited to write them down on the pieces of paper that she's provided. Some of you have already done that. Thank you very much. Uh, she'll be providing those over for me, and I will uh, provide it for Josie. With that, please join me in welcoming to the stage Holyoke Councilor Josie Valentin and San Juan Mayor, the Honorable Carmen Jolín Cruzote. If you guys stand up, we stand up. <laughs> All right. I can stand. <laughs> you want to stand for the whole thing? If they're going to stand up for the whole thing, we'll stand up for the whole thing. I can do that. Welcome to Gateway City Arts, people. Let's give a round of applause. You know, when this all came together, I, I said to Lori and Vitek, I want to do this kind of big event, and it's in April, and they were like, whatever you need, whatever you need. It's going to be warm, you said. It's going to be warm, yeah. And, uh, and when I told them what I needed the venue for, they immediately said absolutely. And so it is an honor and a privilege for us to be here. Uh, right here in downtown Holyoke in a beautiful space like Gateway City Arts. I appreciate all of you coming and supporting us. And uh, I've been told the bar and the restaurant are open, so go for it. I can't do that. I'm here and I was told I need to stand, so I guess I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Whatever Julene says happens. So um, the reason we were a little late is because Julene decided she wanted to cook grilled cheese sandwiches at my house. I have a picture, there is proof, it happened. So, you know, not a lot of people can say, Juling made me a sandwich, right? And so, um, it just shows, obviously, the type of person she is. And she, she lived. Is. <laughs> it just shows who she is. So, um, what we wanted to do is kind of do this as an as a interview, very informal, very casual. Um, and then, time allowing, we will open up, as Marco said, to questions. And obviously, you know, many of you probably got to know Juling after Hurricane Maria, rightfully so, because she clearly became the spokesperson of Puerto Rico, the one that really had the cojones to get things done and said. And she, she really, really proved uh, very... Olojovario. también. Both, both, both. She, um, she really proved that, that, she was, that she had no fear, that she was about putting the message out and holding people accountable that did really, really did not want to be held accountable. Um, and so for that, nasty, somebody said. Um, and for that, <coughs> excuse me, we are very much in debt to her. So, so let's get started with um, some questions for her. Can I say something first? You want to say something first? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing worse than a bossy woman, right? <laughs> Ask Miriam, where ¿verdad? is she? Miriam, where is she? Oh, Tatra. First of all, I want to say thank you very much 
for the opportunity to be here. It's, um, it's, it's very heartwarming. Pero les tengo que decir a los boricuas que están aquí que Así es que si eres boricua, di huepa. What the hell does that mean? Does that mean? You know, I mean, it's just like a joyful thing, right? Like, huepa. Yeah. Right? It just, you know, if you, if you see your girlfriend's boyfriend with somebody else, you say, huepa. Or if you say uh, hello, you go, Wepa. So it just depends on how you say it. And uh, I just want to thank Josie and everybody from Holyoke uh, for making us feel welcome today. I'm here with uh, uh, co-workers. Nobody works for me. We all work together. So Tito Otero is here. Tito, Tito, you lived here nine years? And you were a teacher here? So if there's any problems with the education, you know <laughs> who to blame. And Gloriana Salgado, who's right here behind the scenes, give her a clap because she. Uh... So, so just, just before Josie begins, I just want to tell you one thing. When, when situations get really bad, you have two choices. That's it. You stand up and speak up, or you stand down and become an accomplice to people that even though they have vein, uh, blood running through their veins, they're really non-human. And it doesn't matter where you're at or how little you can be or what the powers to be are, you have to stand up to injustice, right? Martin Luther King said something like, injustice somewhere is a threat to injustice everywhere. So it doesn't matter if it's in Holyoke, it doesn't matter if it's in Boston, Chicago, Washington DC, or San Juan, Puerto Rico. We're all part of the same humanity. You know, we all fear for a future that is uncertain. And we all have to come together. We may look different, but really we're all the same. And we want the same things. So with that in mind, um, I told Josie that, she said, do you want to see the questions beforehand? And I said, no. <laughs> because really, um, I'm kind of a whack person. What you see is what you get. Uh, sometimes people don't like what they get. Sometimes people like what they get. Um, but you always know where I'm standing. And, and that's what public policy is about seeing if the people that you put to administer your power, because it isn't their power, it's your power, really represent what you want and can help you move forward. So with that said, I just want to put out there that uh, I'm not politically correct. <laughs> I tend to say things like, uh, I feel them, and as somebody described me, I'm Mother Teresa with a foul mouth. <laughs> so if you're faint of heart, please forgive me. Thank you. Round of applause for Jolene, please.
So you've said many, many times that you have not been the same person since September 20th, 2017. And we all know because the press has told us that you have been um, obviously an amazing spokesperson, but you still had your own emotions, your own you know, personal life to, to go through and, and still keep that face of being a leader. When did you first think we are really alone and we are in serious trouble here? Well, September 20th was a very difficult night. We, we were at a Coliseo Roberto Clemente. It's a, it's a venue, a concert arena. ¿Tú estabas ahí? ¿Tú estuviste en el Roberto Clemente como refugiada? Oh, oh wow, shit. So there's 685 people, the municipality had seven municipal run shelters, and uh, there were about 200 employees. We were there to make sure that everything was taken care of and as soon as we could get out there. But we were told that help was already in Puerto Rico. And um, around four in the morning, um, I said, I'm gonna try and get some shut eye. So I, just as I put, I was married at the time, I am single, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, well, what can I do? You gotta put it out there. You know? And my husband at the time came to say, Julien, se está cayendo el techo del coliseo. I'm like, what? So it wasn't that the roof was gonna cave in, it was that it was doing exactly what it was built to do, was waving. But you have 685 people, and the roof is waving, and they can't sleep. So I said, well, I got my megaphone, and I'm, literally my knees were shaking, but I wasn't showing it. And I told people, you know, we have to move to the lateral parts of the Coliseum. And we have to move, and let's do it despacito. Ah. So uh, people were scared. We, we moved everybody in about seven to 10 minutes. And then when I looked outside, that's when it hit me that there was gonna be nothing to go back to. That the San Juan and the Puerto Rico that I knew were going to disappear. That we're, we're going to have to start from day one. So we started asking for help. Now, the municipality had enough food for two months, had enough water for two months. We had um, alquilado two gas stations. Uh, we had diesel enough. We had prepaid diesel for two months. We had prepaid surgical equipment and uh, medication for two months. So we had handed out 689-something um, prescriptions for HIV patients so that they would have their prescriptions beforehand. Because we were told in maybe a couple of days before you can 
get a hold of anybody. So then came this four-letter word, FEMA. And they started to ask us to go to the internet to register for help. We, there was a total blackout. We had no electricity. We, we used our phones just to take pictures because we couldn't communicate with them. Satellite phones weren't working. And they kept asking me for memos and memos and memos and memos. And I kept going outside and seeing people with glazed looks. Um, it, it, was anybody in Puerto Rico for Maria besides you? You? So you know what I mean? People were, we were all like lost. We, we didn't know literally what hit us. And finally, I came out of a meeting a couple of weeks later. And it was incredible because the United States government was saying that the logistics were unsurmountable. We wonder, how can they put a man in the moon 283,900 miles away, but they couldn't get food and water to us 1,000 miles away? Five days later, September 25th, people from New York Emergency Management were already on site in San Juan, and they continue to help uh, Mayor de Blasio send them. And the first things that we got were from a project called um, a Puerto Rico Agenda in Chicago, and Luis Gutierrez and Mayor Ram Emanuel. And we got 75,000 pounds of food. So when I asked FEMA and they said, well, how much do you need? What are your priorities? I thought, what the fuck are these people talking about? You know? so, so I knew. <laughs> it, it, it was very frustrating because I knew I'd seen people with that glazed look when you haven't had your dialysis for weeks. We had pulled 21 elderly from one building. They were severely dehydrated. And I said, call a press conference. I'm done being politically correct. So I honestly tried. I honestly tried. But you see, when you're faced with injustice and indignity and neglect, you either stand up or stand down. And it was so obvious that the American people were doing what the government couldn't do. They were opening their hearts. They were taking care of us, the diaspora, los Latinos. So we knew that we were in trouble. And that's when we had that famous press conference um, where I said, Mayday, Mayday, if anybody can hear us. Because it was evident the president wasn't hearing us. <laughs> the guy that lives in that big White House in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So we had to do for ourselves what they neglected to do and what the American people were doing out of the goodness of their hearts. So I always make a point of making a distinction between the government and the American people. Because while one neglected it, the other one opened their arms and really took, us, took to heart the idea of helping 
Not helping because we were citizens, but helping because we were humans, in peril and in need. And at that point, once I said those, we are dying here and you are killing us with your bureaucracy and your inefficiency. The outpouring of love that came Goya sent us 200,000 pounds of food. The Hispanic Federation, 217,000 pounds of food. Chobani, Suiza, Chocolate Cortez, Eli Lilly brought to us a whole bunch of um, insulina, insulin. And it just started rolling and rolling and rolling. And, and the more we said, help us, the more the American people did and non-governmental organizations did. So I will forever know the difference between those that did and those that did not want to do what was right for us. Thank you. So, you know, it's been seven months very long seven months, I'm sure, for you and for many in Puerto Rico. And a lot of the questions that, you know, that we hear as folks that live here in the, in the United States is how does Puerto Rico rebuild from Maria in the context of climate change and fiscal change? No money, a fiscal control board, rising sea levels. So how does Puerto Rico rebuild from Maria in the context of both the climate change and the fiscal change? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, we demand what is rightfully ours. The Fiscal Control Board has to go, period. It has to go. Uh, right now, they're putting forth a fiscal control plan that says that pensions have to be reduced between 10 and 15%. Uh, the credit at the university is going from $55 to $157 a credit. They are lowering the services and benefits for the public health plan. You're going to get a basic one. They're, they're saving about $700 million. But then you have to buy up to get a certain amount of services. So the only way that they're going to be able to um, save money is by reducing the amount of services that are going to be provided. And uh, they're saying that we need to cut benefits uh, such as Christmas bonus or overtime pay and restrict unions. You know, we are the only municipality in Puerto Rico that has recognized the collective bargaining of our employees. So we respect that very much. Now, truth be told, I haven't been able, because of the fiscal crisis, to go over each and every one of the collective bargaining items and comply with them, because some of them take money. And a lot of the money was used up in Maria. To give you an idea, Right now, FEMA has reimbursed us for about $10 million, and we still have up to date about $20 million outstanding that they haven't reimbursed us. Uh, and the situation is getting worse. I have friends uh, other, with other mayors that say, Mira alcaldesa, if I don't get paid what FEMA owes me, I may not be able to pay the last um, payroll 
in May. So it's a, it's a very difficult, very difficult situation. But we are an island surrounded by water, lots and lots of water, ocean water. We did not know that until the president said it. So, so one of the things that we do, and that's why we are asking for a waiver of the Staffer Act, which is the act that gives origins to FEMA. Because FEMA gives you money to rebuild things. We want to transform things. If we build a grid, we're only the, you know, just imagine this is Puerto Rico. This is San Juan right here. Before Maria, all of the generation of power happened over here in the south. Now after Maria, most of it happens here and a little bit happens in the north. And it, there's huge cables that go from mountain to mountain. So guess what? Another huff and another puff and the grid is gonna come down. Again, uh, we have these things called relevo de carga. What, are they, what is that, power relay, is that what it's like? That means that your, your house will have electricity for a couple of hours a day, and then you won't have electricity anymore. You don't know when you're gonna get it and where it's gonna stop, and everybody else doesn't know when they're gonna get it, and so there's no rhyme or reason to this. But even the ones that have electricity, we have about 75,000 to 100,000 people still without electricity, and every time, there's a minor thing happening, a total blackout. Last week there was a total blackout, the week before there was a total blackout. Uh, it it's always seems to be that line that whitefish fixed. Uh, yeah, I always say it smelled a little fishy. Yeah. So, so what we have to do is we have to get a waiver on the Stafford Act to be able to transform. We also have to notice that, you know, they rate countries around the world and they say, or cities, and they say from a scale of one to five, one is the least likely to get power from the sun, five is the most likely. The entire of Puerto Rico is, it's a five. So we need to start, you know, here's an island where there's lots of sun, 322 days a year there's sun, and we don't produce one solar panel. Not one solar panel. So we have to diversify our sources of energy. We have to go green and we have to go clean. Uh, and that's something that we environmentalists have been pushing in Puerto Rico for a long time. The, the other thing that we need is we need to put an end to the Jones Act. Now, I, I understand our maritime brothers and sisters from the unions also have a right to make a living. But if there was any doubt that the Jones Act was not good for Puerto Rico, it was dispelled with Irma and Maria. Uh, the President of the United States did provide a waiver for seven days for Irma and 10 days for Maria. That wasn't enough time to get help into Puerto Rico. So, you know, Texas got a 100% waiver on the Jones Act after Harvey. The USBI has a partial exemption on the Jones Act. 
when it comes to energy uh, resources or energy-related resources. So that's very important for, for us. The Fiscal Control Board has to go because you cannot continue to squeeze people and have austerity measures. Now, 289 schools are being, well, now it's, they revised it. I, I'm sorry, I have the number wrong. Now it's 286 schools that are gonna be closed down. And, and yeah, that's right, you know. Somebody will do a, una conferencia de prensa para decir que estoy mintiendo porque hay tres escuelas de más. Um, but you know, that's on us. We also, as Puerto Ricans, have to own up to the mistakes that we've made. This crap of putting the blame on somebody else all the time has to stop. You know, it was bad. It was bad for the President of the United States to throw paper towels at us, but it was bad for the people that were there to smile and to take selfies, right? So, you know, we, we have to own up to what we have not done right. Just like when people say, ah, la alcaldesa se tardó cuatro meses en recoger el debris, that's right. So you own up to it. And the people of San Juan are not satisfied with that. I, neither was I. I had X number of trucks and I had to pick and choose. Either I took money and put it into just giving food and medication and water to people, or I took the money and put it towards cleaning up the debris and opening the park so that people would run and jog and et cetera. I did the first and I don't have any regrets, but I can understand how people of San Juan would say, look, I'm not satisfied with that. So, you know, when as a politician, the people that you serve call you on something and they're right, you do what they do in basketball. You raise your hand and you said, you're right, personal fault, I'm sorry. And you redirect resources and you do what you have to do. So that's the third, thir third thing, fiscal control board has to go. And the other thing, and I know that this is a touchy subject, but, you know, we have to touch it. <laughs> there is, we have to stop using the euphemism territory for colony. Puerto Rico is a colony of the United States. Now, I know it's hard hearing that. It's hard saying it, but it's even worse living it. So we have to move into a dignified relationship um, with the United States. Now, some people think that relationship is statehood. Some people think that relationship is independence. Other think that that relationship is an enhancement of the Commonwealth outside of the territorial clause. And people like me think that it's a free association pact with a double citizenship, a dual citizenship, a Puerto Rican and an American citizenship. But I often have been telling people, don't marry the result. Because the minute you start marrying the result, and I know about marriage, I've been married a few times. <laughs> I often but tell people- But she's single now, she said. I'm you single her, yeah. now, yeah. Thank you, Josie. I'll, I'll get my commission later. Check it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I often say it depends how you count. Ladies, you know what I'm gonna say. If you count men, it's three men. If you count marriage, it's five. Because I married the first one once, the second one twice, and the third one twice. I keep doing that, right? 
So, so don't, don't marry a, an end result. Marry a process. And let's marry, somebody said it here, let's marry the process of the Constitutional Assembly. Tito was reminding me today that it's not only for its status, but it's para que un código de energía, un código climático, un código eh, de cómo vamos a relacionarnos los unos con los otros en términos municipales. And it's something like exactly what the United States did upon its creation. So the time has come where we will no longer be able to hide our inefficiencies or inequality and our own discrimination under palm trees and piña coladas. That's it. People, the box stops here. And we either defend what we want, respecting every voice that needs to be heard, or we just stand down. Those are the choices. Pero no podemos continuar queriendo que nos traten como la esposa cuando somos la novia. See, everyone understands that. And now my mother, somebody's going to call her and say, ahí vi a Julín diciendo una... And I'm going to say, Mom, she said it. No, I didn't say it. <laughs> so, so those are things that we have to do. And in order to do that, we also have to start talking about things like gentrification. In the past seven months, 500,000 Puerto Ricans have left Puerto Rico and come to the United States so that they could survive. I saw a lot today, you know, soy de Comerillo, soy de Cagua, soy de Salina. And it, it breaks my heart because you say it with, with a sense of mama borinque me llamo. But in the last two years, 500 millionaires have moved to Puerto Rico. So then it begs the question, who is Puerto Rico for? And what is the agenda that we as a united people want to follow. And those are tough decisions, but the time's up. Time's up. We really have to sit down and build an alliance of Puerto Ricans. I'm in favor of Puerto Ricans status-wise voting the ones that are in the diaspora and the ones that are in Puerto Rico. But I have to tell you, not many people in Puerto Rico feel that way. De hecho, hay cinco millones de puertorriqueños en Estados Unidos y tres millones en Puerto Rico. Three million in Puerto Rico, five million in the U.S. So we are the diaspora. We, we are the diaspora. There's more now outside of Puerto Rico than within Puerto Rico. And we have to ensure that we do what we must to get people to have the choice to come back. So, you know, even before Hurricane Maria, um, San Juan has been, you know, a different place since you took over. Um, I know because I lived in San Juan uh, when your predecessor was there for 12 years. And, um, and the, you know, the, the change is, is very much palpable. So it's Innovation Week here in Holyoke. Could you tell us what types of innovations are you most proud of in San Juan? 
Well, when you, when you think of innovations, you usually think of technology things, technological things. But we, we actually are starting to do a lot of that, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. But when I think of innovation and when we thought of innovation, it's more of a social issue. We're the only trans uh, city that has a transgender clinic in all of Puerto Rico. So we service the entire transgender population. Um, uh, we are the only city in Puerto Rico that has a, a ¿cómo se dice? Lo digo en español, ¿verdad? Y ustedes lo traducen. Un centro de terapia acuática para niños con impedimento. What? Aquatherapy center for children uh, with uh, mobility challenges. We, we did uh, participatory budgeting that we learned from Melissa Mark Viverito in New York, where we would give, ¿cuántas fueron siete, Tito? Ocho. Siete. So, so there were seven communities. Some of them had a few communities within them. But we, we put out about $2 million, and we allowed the people in the communities to decide where the part of the budget was going to be spent. And it's a very good process, because then people realize what the participation is and what democracy is. It isn't voting every two years or every four years. It's living and making sure your elected officials respond to you and you tell them what they want, and if they don't do it, you vote the hell out of them. It's very simple, it's not, it's not complicated. The complication is that people say, I voted for her, I'm gonna stay home, and I'm gonna do nothing. And that is the problem, right? So the other thing that we did is we started incorporating all sorts of different communities. We, we redirected or redefined what a community is. Uh, usually a community is, ¿cómo se llama tú vives ahí en Sí. Un barrio, ¿verdad? So we said no. There's the LGBT community, there's the deaf community, there's the immigrant community. And we started just really talking to people about different uh, generational and different uh, divisions. We didn't make it just geographical. Uh, the other thing that we're very proud of is that we started working in alliances with other cities in the United States. Now we're about to unveil a project uh, with a company from Ohio. It's called Ohio PVC. Uh, they started a company in Puerto Rico and uh, we're gonna start building resilient homes and hurricane resilient homes. Uh, we have diverted all of our CDBG money in order to use it to rebuild homes, but it's not, no es ponerle un techo, no, no, okay, you, you know, we're gonna level it and we're gonna make it sure, we're gonna make sure that you can harvest the rain, that you can use solar power and that we can move ahead with all of that. Um, Yes. That's okay. Uh huh. Uh, but my understanding is that the rebuild there is 
when did you get here? Okay. No, it's okay. No, no, but I'll repeat it. That's fine. I just wanted to know. Two things. One is I work at the municipality of San Juan. I'm not the governor of Puerto Rico. I am the mayor Yet. of San Juan. So. But I'll tell you what, what is happening right now. We are in a fight for our lives because the government of Puerto Rico, remember when I said we had to own up to what we weren't doing right? The government of Puerto Rico now wants to sell the electric power authority. Now I know this may seem very good idea when you live in the states and you have a few power authorities that can work and service you, but when you live in an island 100 miles long by 35 miles wide, what you will be doing is you will changing one monopoly to another monopoly. The difference would be that the new monopoly, as it should, and there's nothing wrong in making money, it's going to look for profit as their writing principle. The public sector, inefficient as it is right now, has a different principle, which is to provide not only power, but a good quality of life for people. So all of a sudden, if you're in Las Piedras or in El Barrio Maní de Mayagüez or in the Boondocks, you know, the power authority will be able to say, you know what, I'm not going to invest there because it's just not worth to me. So the first thing that we have to do in order to uh, put a plan together is fight the selling of our resources, fight the selling of our schools, fight privatization. The second thing, and there are laws already that allow this, and this is a project that we're working on with the, uh, we started talking to the Illinois uh, Tech and to Carnegie Mellon University, La uh, Politecnica in Puerto Rico. We have to start putting microgrids on the different communities. So that, remember when I told you that there was power generated from the southern part and a little bit in the northern part? So a lot of us think that it should be divided in four areas. Each one should have a green and clean, non-fossil fuel addicted form of generation. Because there's three components, right? There's the, there's the generation, and then there's the transmission, and there's the administration. So we can have public-private partnerships for the generation aspect of it, as long as it remains the deed, the title deed, in the hands of the Puerto Rican people. So we should divide the island in four, have generation on each one of these areas, and then have microgrids running throughout each of these areas and throughout the communities. So that if something happens in San Juan, the people in Ponce or Salinas don't, are not in the dark. If it happens in Salinas, the people in San Juan or Luquillo are not in the dark. And the third thing that we need to do, um, you know, and this is a lot more complicated than, than just saying it, but the third thing that we need to do is we need to give people, Gloriana, dame la, dame la, la bombilla. We need to show people that solar is a new thing and that it works. And you're right, what they're doing, lo están pegando con saliva. Uh, because they're doing exactly that, that means what it's it, getting stuck with saliva like you know like little tape 
Well, if it was like a stamp, it would be great, but it, it's like, it, it doesn't work. So what, that's why we need a waiver on the Stafford Act so that we can use the money to transform and not use it exactly to rebuild what is, what is over there. But one of the things that we did as we partner with Operation Blessing out of Virginia um, is that Operation Blessing has handed out about two million solar, como dos millones, verdad, Tito? Solar lights, uh, and it's, she's gonna bring me one. And, and people now all of a sudden see that it's interesting, but that it works, uh, so, they, so they make it work. We also have to start harvesting the rain, which is something that we do in El Parque Luis Muñoz Marin, we harvest the rain. And we have to start sitting with people and ensuring that the next generation also deals with um, urban agriculture. 85% of what we consume comes from outside of Puerto Rico. So therefore, we had no, we had no food. It was 3,000 containers were stuck there, and the 3,000 containers were, we couldn't get them down because there was no electricity. So we have to make things, in, in San Juan we call it permanent solution to recurring problems. So for example, we just redid all of the lights at the Iran Bithorn Stadium, now they're all LED, and before it was 757 lights, now it's 167 light bulbs. Before it was 1.2 million kilowatts every time it was turned on, now it's 200,000 kilowatts every time, gracias Lorena, every time it's turned on. So this is what Operation Blessing uh, helped us distribute and distributed themselves along all of Puerto Rico. It's a, it's a solar puff. We call them cubes of hope. Huh? You can hang them, you can put them on water, and it has 91 lumens, so it really lights up a room. Huh? Si? Si? Esto, eh. El, bueno, they, they, gave, they gave them to us for free, but they go for about $12 to $15, $13. And then they have a little, a little trick that is good to get the communities to organize. One of the things that happened with Irma and Maria is that communities had no option but to join together. So when people are in trouble, and that's all they have to do, right? This, this was, uh, th this is the little solar battery. You put it in the sun for eight hours and it gives you light for eight hours. So you have a couple of these in your home and you truly are very, you know, very resilient. Um, we also have color clarity filters, which are too big to be carrying around, uh, but they provide three gallons of water a day and people can use them. You can take toilet water, you can take creek water, you can take rain water, and it is a slow um, purifying method. You leave it there at night and in the, during the morning you can drink the water. So, so it, it, is a, it is a structure. Any, here, any people here have kids? Yeah. Seen Lion King 20 times? 
You remember the circle of life? Well, this is like a circle of resilience. You know, you use the sun, you use the water, you use the community, and you make sure that you have a place for people to go to when another hurricane hits because another hurricane is going to hit. Uh, that's it. Thank you. The, um, go ahead, you can applaud, that's fine. By the way, um, let, me, let me just tell you that, you know, as uh, was announced earlier, uh, Juling received the, uh, the recognition for Time Magazine on the 100 most influential. Um, and so, so, you know, last night she was hanging out with J-Lo and Wonder Woman and, you know, today she's hanging Mia out- Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. And Ten today I'm hanging out with you people. <laughs> and tonight she's hanging out with Josie. Who the hell is Josie? No. Um, but in reality... Tonight I'm cooking for Josie. That's right. And, um, but, you know, she, she had this event last night. She got out of that very late. It's a good thing she's not a drinker. And, um, and so this morning, you know, she... she <laughs> this morning she, she got here from New York City, came to my house... Um, you know, we, we kind of recapped a little bit and we were straight off to our first stop. And, you know, our first stop was at the care center. People know the care center? And her message there to those women was just so powerful. There were about 50 uh, women in the room. They all left with huge smiles on their face. Then we went to Girls Inc. And so there she got to see the younger generation of the Holyoke folks, the Holyoke Ricans. And, um, and, so, and so now she's here. So I'm saying that because she's probably been up since like seven o'clock this morning. She's looking at somebody's shirt. It says too, too cute to be binary. Oh, nice. Um, she's probably been up since what, seven in the morning? No. No? Eight. Yeah, eight. And, but I uh, went to bed at like four. Yeah. And here she is. I was, right. I was working very hard. <laughs> And here she is full of energy. So I just wanted to recognize her amazing energy because it's very much contagious. Which brings us to the next question, which is the world of politics is very often a lonely place. And so the question is, who do you rely on for advice on running the city that you can trust? From a variety of people. But we, we have, on a weekly basis, we have meetings with different communities because there's nobody better to know. Hay un dicho en español que es nada sabe mejor lo que está en la olla que la cuchara que lo mueve. There's no, is there an English equivalent to that? <laughs> I'll try to translate. No one knows better what is in the stool but the spoon that moves it. <laughs> Somehow it just, uh, was that okay? <laughs> uh, so, so we rely on the communities to tell us what to do. It is their agenda, not our agenda. So that is very important. Whose agenda? It isn't the name of the person. Yes. No, no.
I'm very nasty. Well, first of all, let me disagree with your premise. Um, one of the things that was evident is that people don't want the government to do everything for them. Uh, the amount of courage that was displayed and is still being displayed by a lot of grassroots organizations that people never even knew about have really taken over the narrative and the conversation in Puerto Rico. There's this group of women called Las Tres Mosquiteras. And uh, they give out, ¿cómo se dice mosquitero en inglés? Mosquito net. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you, you may think, well, you know, but if you get bitten by a mosquito, you can get Zika, you can get dengue, you can get chikungunya which I had a few weeks ago, and I can tell you that it's really, really painful. Um, so if you have your immune system compromised by any other situation, it can be life-threatening. Uh, there are a lot of young people that are leaving their um, offices, their accounting offices, their legal offices, and they are taking on to doing a lot of agriculture. So, so it's, it's really important that it is the communities that have embraced each other. I hate to say that something good came out of Maria, but it did. One of the good things that happened were that people remembered that you have to force the hand of the government to respond. So for the longest time, people have felt that power. They may have not used it, but they know now. So you see now that before it was the, the rebels or the lefties or the los hippies or whatever, the uh, fubita, los pelu, you know, Tito and Julian. Uh, <laughs> The usual suspects that would go and say and protest. Now it is the grandmothers and the grandfathers and the women and the children that are taken onto the streets to protest. So Maria has, has let people know that they have a voice, that they just have to use it and make sure that those that are endowed with that power to administer it, not to hoard it, hear all those voices. So there's a lot of organizations, El Caño Martín Peña, eh, Juan Domingo, eh, Cantera, eh, Los Ambientalistas en Arecibo, eh, en Caimito, en San Juan, La Comisión de Ciudadanos al Rescate de Caimito. Sí. You, you grab onto this? <laughs> well then, speak up. Di, di tu nombre primero. Mi 
la Asamblea Municipal. Lleva 12 años ahora este año. eso pasaría en Utuado y en otro y en otro sitio. Pero lo, lo que ella está definiendo es un proceso que ha habido en Puerto Rico. Eh, there's been a process, a conscious process, to ensure that communities receive training and they realize that they are empowered. Of course, that, that also takes into account the municipal governments and what the municipal governments are willing to, to do. Um, we're a very open municipal government. That doesn't mean we don't have. Dime y directo, verdad, con con la ciudadanía. I'm I'm sorry. I I need to. I just kind of need to redirect the conversation just a little bit because you know we want to make sure that we get other questions from the public because people actually submitted questions. So if it's okay with the mayor, call me Julene and it's okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your question and thank you for the explanation, Valerie. Uh, so one of the questions that was um, submitted by, uh, by the public is who is your favorite female leader, activist, or politician that has influenced your leadership? <laughs> leader, activist, or politician? Female. Has to be female. Well... I'm gonna disappoint you. That's okay. Because it's it's it was my grandmother. That's a great uh, no. <laughs> it's uh, my my grandmother was a 
woman, I never get tired of saying this because I'm very humbled whenever I say it. She uh, grew up very poor. She graduated from high school when my father graduated from sixth grade. She worked in a cafeteria at night so he could eat in that cafeteria during the day. And she um, just uh, used all her strength to ensure that she became the founding director of the School of Physical Therapy in Puerto Rico. So that's why I insist everyone to call me Julie. So it was my grandmother. I was very little. As you can see, I'm not very tall. And she told me that, Mira, mija, cuando vayas al recreo, never start a fight. But if you are going to fight, you're very small, so you have to hit a little harder, <laughs> run a little faster, and scream a lot louder. And never, never, never leave a fight unfinished. Never. So, so it's, it's, it's my mamita, you know, that's, that's who it is. All right, excellent. So many leaders and activists try to do so much and face burnout. You're getting so much recognition while having to run the capital city during still a recovery process. How do you protect yourself from burnout? How do you recharge, find the energy to keep going, and finally, do you ever get a good night's sleep? No. <laughs> Next question. No. But, but it helps now that I'm single. <laughs> Fuego popular. <laughs> Although, again, for everyone hearing out there, you know, I am single, so. Cafecito, muy bien. It's, um, the, the one thing is, you know, I like people, so you recharge being in contact with people. Uh, the second thing is I've had to learn to trust the people that I work with. Uh, they may not always do the things that I would do the way that I would do them. But that's what having and being part of a team is all about, trusting people. Thirdly, um, we're from all different walks of life. We, we have people from the far left and people from the far right. I'm dyslexic, you can see. I, uh, I truly am dyslexic. And, um, but, but, it, I'll tell you the scoop. I read a lot at night. It doesn't matter if there's somebody there or not. <laughs> I read a lot at night. I read, a, I read I'm, right now I'm reading a book by, by uh, Jimmy Carter called Faith. I'm reading a novel by Danielle Steele called uh, The Right Time. I am watching Netflix uh, One Day at a Time with Rita Moreno. I finished watching The Vampire Diaries, although it was, that really was not conducive to sleep. Because it was like, 
Uh, I'm also reading a book by Martin Luther King that has all of his great speeches. And um, I'm reading a book um, about uh, these two immigrants, six and seven year old Salvadorian boys uh, that crossed the border and then were sued by the government of the United States and had to appear in court uh, dreamers and and what their process was all about. This was one of the awards that was given at the Ron Reidenauer award ceremony last week that uh, that Anna Burke was there. Um, she was she got the Reidenauer award for courage. Um, there there's this great book. Uh, who, who, I'm sorry I forget the name, but I'll tweet it later later on. And um, I, I don't. After September 20th, it's very difficult for all of us to sleep. Because it isn't the, the smiles of the people that we got to that stay with us. It's the voices of the people that we know we didn't get to that stay with you. It's the ones that you think could have died alone and waiting for help. We don't even know how many people have died. It's um, said that more than a thousand people have died. So if I get a little tired, I try to remember that there are still 500,000 people without the appropriate roofs in their homes, that the suicide rate has gone up 55%, that there's 500,000 of us that have had to leave, and that there's 289 communities, 86 communities of schools that need their voices to be magnified. And when those things are solved, then there will be time to rest before there's only time for the fight. So time flies when you're having fun. We only have time for two more questions. Um, the, the next one would be, what is something that most people do not know about you or what is the biggest misperception of you? Something they don't know about me is that I um, love motorcycles. I used to have a Harley Davidson Sportster Hugger 833. If you're gonna have a motorcycle, you, you know, have a Harley. Um, and, um, Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> last Sunday I was at a, last Sunday I was at a White Sox game. Now <laughs> he's going to be arrested. So, um, I, to I told you from the beginning 
that I was not politically correct. <laughs> so that, that's one thing that people, and, and the other thing that people don't know about me is I, I bake the, the most wicked cookies from scratch, chocolate chip cookies, apple pie from scratch, um, Russian tea cake cookies, and you know, I play el guiro, um, un poquito de piano, un poquito de guitarra, and I have been spending the past three years learning how to play the ukulele. <laughs> I have only learned two songs, but, uh, it's, but it's okay. Is Preciosa oh, one of them? No. 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 <laughs> Verde Luz. ¿Y cómo es la que se llama? Something in the way she moves. <laughs> Don't right. want to leave her now. <laughs> Karaoke time now. <laughs> All right, our last... Uh, oh, wait, and one oh, more sorry, thing. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. And I, I, I have... Well, I used to have three months. <laughs> no. Three months. One was named Benicio del Toro, and he was my best friend for 16 years. And he passed uh, in December. I found him the night Benicio del Toro won the Oscar. So Benicio del Toro has met or did meet Benicio del Toro. The other one is named Victoria de San Juan, and they lied to me. They told me she wouldn't grow, and she's a pit bull. She's like huge. She ate all of my furniture after Maria, all of it. Um, <laughs> who said yay? <laughs> Arrest her. <laughs> and then I have a very, very ugly dog named Toto. You know, he's like E.T. He's so ugly, he's cute. Um, and this is the part that people don't know. Men have come and gone, but those dogs have been there all my life. So. <laughs> So when they come and say, those dogs cannot sleep in the bed, I say, honey, <laughs> they were there before you and they will be there after you. And on that note, with one man that will never be in Julian's bed, what did it feel like to tell Trump what you think of him? Oh. <laughs> and what would you like to tell him tonight? I think we lost her. My mom was watching, so. <laughs> Listen, it's it, it, when I met him, uh, I, I went to meet him out of respect for the office. For the office. Because you have to respect the office, even if the person that is sitting in the Oval Office does not embody all of the values that you would like them to embody. But democracy is democracy. And you have to respect democracy. Now you have a second chance now. Y los Latinos, 27 million Latinos did not vote in the past election. So we can do all the booing we want, but if you don't vote, no, if you don't vote, you just... So you gotta register, you gotta knock on doors, and you gotta vote. Um, 
when I met him, I told him what I had said over and over. I said, Mr. President, this is not about politics. This is about saving lives. And no matter what side of the issue you're on, there's a difference between partisan politics and public policy differences. There are two different perspectives. But there are some people that do not get it. He does not get it. While I was up to here in water with human excrements, he was playing at Mar-a-Lago. And it's a very different perspective when you've had a silver spoon or a gold spoon or a titanium spoon or whatever it's made of for a very long time that when you have to have three jobs to make ends meet. And there are things that need to change that go beyond Mr. Trump. He is just a, an embodiment of something that has gone wrong. And you have an opportunity come November to pull the carpet from underneath him and take his power away by changing the majority in the House and the Senate of the United States. <laughs> so you see, it isn't Mr. Trump that's the issue. It is the structured environment that allows Puerto Ricans to be treated with indignity. It is a structured environment that allows women to be treated as objects. It is a structured environment that allows a black kid with a cell phone to be shot on 20 times while others remain on the loose, right? So, look, it, it's, it is very much more complicated than Ms. Mr. Trump. In the 1960s, we had the moral compass of Martin Luther King. I, I said today to a couple of people, seven white men decided Brown versus Board of Education. So we have to be very careful. We really have to unite together, really. Nobody's better than anyone else. So the minute you start thinking of yourselves as the United States, the minute we start thinking of ourselves as un solo Puerto Rico, then we're going to be able to sit at a table and from our differences, set a path from our differences, embracing our differences. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and it goes back to a question that you asked before. There is a radio show host that calls me a whore at least once a week. In Puerto Rico, sí. Um, I'm often asked, if I'm a lesbian? I never answer that question. First of all, it's nobody's business who's in my bed. And secondly, and secondly, it goes deeper than that. The question 
presumes that that is something that has to be hidden because it's not okay. So you don't defend yourself from an insult that's directed to put you down. You, you don't, period. You don't engage. So what would I like to say to Mr. Trump tonight? Nothing, because he don't matter. <laughs> That was one of our questions from an audience member. So there you go, Trump doesn't matter. But we already knew that, right? <laughs> Round of applause for Carmen Julian Cruz, can, please. You wanna take two? Are, are, you, are you guys fed up or you want me to take one or two more questions? All right, All right. Next, next, well, there's questions here that people submitted in writing, so I wanna be fair. That's why I made the comment before. Um, the question here is, what is your favorite thing about the island of Puerto Rico? <laughs> the men? Um, I, I, I'll tell you what I, I think is the favorite thing. It's that it's a nation. That it's filled with wonderful people that are capable of embracing differences. Um, hay una canción de Calle 13 que se llama Hijos del Cañaveral. Right? Um, and, and it goes, it, it says, desde el no pudieron, seguimos con el mismo acento. Nuestro aguante ha sido digno. Somos los versos que no cantan en nuestro himno. Right? So, It starts desde que nacimos. Nuestra mancha de plátano salió del mismo racimo. Somos un pueblo del mismo horizonte. Todos nos bañamos en la falda del monte. Crecimos, pero para que otro se aproveche. Somos un pueblo con diente de leche. Los hijos de trabajo sin hacienda. La limonada para el capataz de la hacienda. ¿no? So, somos la familia fermentada del Caribe. Pero aunque la historia nos azota, somos como una botella de La central Aguirre la pusimos a producir sin saber leer ni escribir. Y la depresión la curamos sin árabe, porque caminamos al compás de la clave. Nuestra raza por naturaleza es brava, salimos de la tapa de un volcán con lava. No hay identidad, dicen algunos, pero aquí todos llevamos el espalda el número 21. Aprendimos a caminar hace rato, con un pie descalzo y el otro con zapato, con la medalla del cacique en la casa de empeño. Somos los dueños de un país sin dueño. So I like that even though we have been beaten, even though we have been scorned, we have a way of standing up and fighting and resisting in a very gentle way. Nosotros somos pizza blandito. And es mucho desgraciado allá aquí en Hollywood. Ay, María. Y mucho sinvergüenza. I, I like that. 
So the real reason she wanted another question was because she wanted to do that little performance for all of you. I didn't even know that she was going to do that. So, all right, last. Espérate, hay una parte ahí que me gusta mucho. ¿Cómo es? ¿Cómo es? ¿Cómo es la parte que dice? Me voy, me voy. Aquí los viernes santos se come ya y aquí los reyes magos tienen de Guadalí. Velamos parado a los difuntos y en las patronales y en la caja de muertos nos mareamos juntos. Lo nuestro no hay nadie que nos lo quite, por más nieve que tiren. Aquí la nieve se derrite, aunque siembre las raíces como le dé la gana. Los árboles de Mamala no dan manzana. Bomba, no. All right, our last question in Espanol. Poor Rivera and Romero ah, no, have had to. <laughs> Rivera and Romero have had to stand there firmly, like saying, "Ay, Dios mío." All right, the last question, and it's in Spanish. Apoyas el paro nacional el primero de mayo? Bueno, eh, no solamente lo apoyo, pero no importa que yo lo apoye. Que lo tiene que apoyar es el país, ¿verdad? Usted coge un día de vacaciones y lo tiene que coger para ir. Hay una multiplicidad de actividades. Hay unas actividades frente al Capitolio. Hay otras actividades en la Miña de Oro. Hay otras actividades en otras partes de Puerto Rico. Ustedes pueden hacer una actividad aquí en Manholio. O sea, lo que sea. Lo importante es que el pueblo tiene que comenzar a manifestarse. Again, and, and I start with this and I will finish with this. Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Well, it's time for us not to consent anymore. But it's up to us, people. It's up to us and to the alliances we make with the American people to ensure that the structure that allowed for the neglect and the injustice that helped to take the lives of a thousand or more people comes to an end. Esto no aguanta más. No aguanta más. And, and I will finish with this. I, I saw women hanging onto ropes to get to the other side on a river to get food and medication. I saw children cry because they lost their books. I've seen families ripped apart. Your own families have been ripped apart because we have been incapable of putting together an economic structure that does right by us. So you know, when another administration says something and we believe it, and we vote accordingly, we have to take a stand and decide what kind of an island nation do we want to live in. Porque nadie nos va a resolver los problemas, ¿no? La fuerza está en nosotros mismos, como decía Muñoz Rivera. And this isn't by any means, shape or form, an anti-American feeling. I, I like so much 
the principles upon which this country was built, that I want them for myself. Because when you come to think of it, did the founding fathers mean that they are endowed with unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that only applies to people born in the United States? It doesn't. It applies to people being born everywhere. In fact, the people that signed that document were all immigrants. All immigrants. So we have to stick together white and brown and black and LGBTQ and, you know, the spectrum, look, at, look around, just look for one second, just really look around. And look around, just look. And look at the variety of shapes and colors and, and all have the same heart. So this country was founded on the principle that all men, and yes, they meant all men white over a certain age that were property owners, but it's evolved. It's evolved. So those principles, those principles need to apply to everyone. To a kid in Wichita and to a young girl in Holyoke or to somebody in San Juan or in Comerio or in Bayamón or in Salina or in Lare. Ponce, Guayaba, Yabucoa. And I'll finish with this. It breaks my heart. Porque nosotros somos una nación dividida. Partida en dos pedazos. Con el corazón en un lado y en otro lado. And tell me. Tell me you don't think about it. Tell me you don't think about the sun and the warmth of your family every single day. Because there is no better place from people that were born in Holyoke than Holyoke. And no better place of people that were born in New Orleans than New Orleans. Well, there's no better place for a Puerto Rican than Puerto Rico. None. So it is our duty not to judge the ones that had to leave, but to make sure we work, work with you in order to produce an island nation where you can choose whether you want to come back to. Pero coño, vamos a volver de pie y no de rodilla. De pie y no de rodilla. That's it. So before we uh, thank Yuling for her time with a huge round of applause, I want to bring Lori back because she has a little gift that she wants to give you as one of the co-owners here of Gateway City Arts. Again, round of applause for Gateway City Arts. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if tonight was your first time at Gateway City Arts. So I want to see all of you here in the next couple of weeks again. All right? And bring a friend 
and support the bar and support the restaurant and make sure that you support amazing business in downtown Holyoke like Gateway And City by Arts. that, she's not inviting everybody to drink excessively, no. <laughs> so, Lori. I just want to say personally that I am so inspired by foul-mouthed, strong women. So thank you. And I wanted to thank Josie for bringing this here for, it, it's just been a magical evening. And to remember this evening for on behalf of Gateway City Arts and everyone here tonight. T-shirt, I collect T-shirts. I figured you might. Here's a Gateway City Arts T-shirt. And that's a tight T-shirt. <laughs> because she's single. That fits? I think so. Huge round of applause for Carmen Yulín Cruz. So because Yulín is phenomenal and she's like the energizer bunny, she's willing to do selfies. And so, <laughs> so what we're gonna do is uh, probably over there. So if you, if you wanna do a picture uh, with Yulín, you can line up and we'll have her come to the corner over here. And again, thank you so much for coming tonight and have a great time. Thank you.